Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, July the 24th. And welcome to our commentary. Just a quick uh, heads up. I have a couple of posts over at the American Thinker I want you to check out on, on Sunday morning. I had one about Prime Minister Trudeau and Canada, and specifically Canada not living up to its commitments. You know, every country, according to the agreement, has to spend 2% of its GDP in defense. Canada is way down. They're at 1.38. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, wrong. And something, some pressure has to be put on Canada to live up to its commitment. Now, they're not the only ones. Okay, I, there are other countries as well. But, you know, they're our neighbors. They're a country we get along with quite well. And I would think that uh, President Biden could have a chat with Prime Minister Trudeau and say, come on, please, uh, catch up with your catch up with your payments. I mean, it's ridiculous for us to be to be carrying you when you are a a rich country, a wealthy country. No reason why you couldn't uh, pay your pay your dues on on NATO. The other post that I have and that one came out today uh, Monday morning, and that has to do with the the women's World Cup team, as you remember the photo of the ladies who were sort of apathetic and not very respectful, I think, in the minds of many people, uh, the way they were standing for the national anthem. Look, whatever your politics is, and I know we live at polarized times, and I know people get excited about politics, and I understand that. I do. People do. So that's fine. You can disagree all you want about politics, but if you're going to put on the uniform of the United States and you're going to go to a competition in another country, the very least you could do is show some respect for the country and show some respect for the national anthem. You don't, if you don't know the words, I understand. I don't know all the words either, but I have enough, you know, knowledge of the lyrics uh, to at least say the important ones. And uh, you know, even if you if you don't know all the words, you can at least show more respect and and consideration for for the United States. So. You know, if, if they've got a problem with the United States, they don't have to play for the American team. That's what I would say to these ladies. If there's something about the United States that bothers you, well, take off the uniform. I'm sure there's lots and lots of young women in the country who would love to play for the United States in, in the World Cup. So, you know, show some respect. That's all we're, we're asking you to do. We're not expecting you to agree with everybody else, but just show some respect for the, the one common denominator that we have, and that's the flag, the country, and the national the national anthem. Well, we talked about this in the last uh, video, but uh, there was an election in Spain. And, I mean, I'm disappointed because I was expecting, frankly, uh, the center-right coalition to win, at the very least, a majority in the parliament. They got the most seats. They got a plurality, though, not a majority. So you have this situation right now where neither the left nor the right have enough votes to run the parliament or to, ma to have a majority. Now, it comes down to basically this. The, the conservative, the center conservative uh, coalition is going to have to get about seven to ten more votes to have a majority. 
the left center coalition is going to have to get about 20. So, you know, chances are that uh, the center-right coalition can get those 7 to 10 votes, but maybe not. Maybe not. The country, Spain, is bitterly divided. If you think we're divided, uh, talk to anybody from Spain. I mean, the, the divisions there are brutal between the left and the right. They don't like each other. And the consequence is what we're seeing now, what we're seeing now. I mean, look, the left has been running that country for the last three or four years. The country's a mess. Any objective person can look at what the left is doing and say, you know what? I'm not going to vote to reelect these people. But they continue to vote. You know, everybody has their group and you stay within your group. And that's why you get this situation that you now have in in Spain where you have, you know, nobody knows who's going to be the next prime minister of Spain. In fact, there's even talk that they're going to have to have another election because they can't settle. Uh, they can't settle this one, by the way. I've got a note or a post coming out about this on Tuesday morning, but one, when I see situations like this with coalitions and parliamentary systems, I am more and more grateful that we don't have one. Because one of the beauties of the American system is whoever wins gets to run the country. And we don't have all of these coalitions that you've got to put together. Now, once in Congress, you might have to put together coalitions. But as far as the executive, that is the prime minister or the president, one of the beauties of our system is that we get to, you know, we get to decide who's the president pretty quickly, and that is because of the Electoral College, at least here in the United States. And when I see the mess in in Spain right now, when I see what when I see what happened in Canada uh, a few years ago, where Trudeau was sort of in the same situation as the socialist in uh, in Spain, and then he goes out and cuts a deal with another party so that he can remain as prime minister. I'm not sure the people are well served with that kind of system. You know, our system, our system may not be perfect, but at least you get to a result and you get to a final result a lot quicker. And I don't know what's going to happen in Spain. I mean, that's going to be a mess for, for several, for several months over there. And, uh, who wins, who loses? Honestly, I don't know. And nobody does either. Nobody does either because in order to get to the magical 176, which is what you need, to have a majority in the parliament, both sides are going to have to cut deals. And I don't know that they have that many deals they can cut. I don't know if there are that many votes out there, what coalitions or parties out there, where you can find those votes. Because most people by now are pretty much on one side or or the other. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, what happens. Over the next uh, few days, you're going to be reading a great deal about the state of Texas versus the Department of Justice. You may have heard that the Department of Justice is threatening Texas. Uh, they want Texas to remove those barriers on the river. Now, if, if you've seen the barriers, the barriers are basically there to stop people from swimming over. I mean, they're not there to stop the fish or the flow of water. I don't see any damage to the environment by having these barriers out there. But at least by having a barrier of that nature, you're sending a message that we don't want you to cross the river. And let me say something, too. And as crossing that river is dangerous, as we know many people, uh, we read about many people who've drowned trying to cross the river. So I don't see anything humanitarian about opening uh, the river and letting people letting people swim through. I mean, it's awfully dangerous to to do so. And very often, particularly children, uh, you hear about, you know, every so often they'll find somebody's body on the shore 
because they're drowning. So Texas is not only stopping people from coming over or swimming over, Texas is also, I think, sending a message that this is very dangerous. Department of Justice, of course, claims that this is a violation of this or this or this or that. We'll find out. The governor has uh, responded by saying, see you in court. I think the arguments, uh, at least as I see them now, are going to be the Department of Justice is going to say this is a federal matter. This is something that the federal government has a, a jurisdiction or venue or responsibility, and Texas cannot do this. Texas is going to counter that by saying, well, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you're exposing us here in Texas, not only to the risk of illegal immigration, but you're also uh, exposing us economically to having people come over and, and so on. It's going to be an interesting debate because I don't believe we've ever had a debate like that before where a state has basically challenged, you know, the federal authority on the border. And again, Texas is saying, hey, we, we don't want to do this. We'll retire this tomorrow morning if you enforce the laws of the border. And that's where the, the disagreement is. It's going to be interesting to watch. I think Texas is going to win. I think Texas is going to win because the federal government is simply not doing its job. And I think you know, Texas has a responsibility to defend itself and its, uh, its territory. If you've been watching the news, just one quick point here about Robert Kennedy. Robert Kennedy is making a lot of Democrats angry. I don't know if you've noticed that. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with Robert Kennedy on everything, but he's making a lot of Democrats very angry if you've been following uh, if you've been following the news, man, they don't like him. And a lot of people in the media are all over Robert Kennedy, which is maybe another sign that Kennedy is gaining on, on President Biden. I don't know if Robert Kennedy can win the nomination. My, my guess is that he cannot. But he's going to be a pain in the neck for the Democrats because he is putting together a 20% number or something like that in this polling data. 20% is a lot of people in a primary. You get into New Hampshire, you get into some of these primaries. 20% is a huge number, and it may grow. It may grow as you get closer to actually voting. But Robert Kennedy has the Democrats panicking, particularly the Biden White House panicking over 2024. You know, on this day, I always talk about Apollo 11 because the Apollo 11 story is one that I love. I was there. I remember the whole thing. Well, it was on this day in 1969 that the capsule came down, hit the ocean. They were picked up by, you know, the helicopter and all that kind of thing and came on, on the ship. And I remember all of it. It was so exciting. Uh, and that, that, of course, was the end of the Apollo 11 mission. Now, there were a lot of other things that happened after that, like the ticket trade parade in New York and all of that. But I'm telling you, uh, Apollo 11, that whole story was so much fun. And I'm so fortunate that I was able to live through the whole thing, not just the takeoff, but the landing on the moon, the walking on the moon, and, of course, Apollo 11 returning to Earth on this day in 1969. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.